And without that, a lot of people would just stay small. And we don't need smallness. You know, we have a lot of smallness. And it's like, now it's like, well, what do you want to bring into the world? Like, what feels good for you? Which is like, normally it's just like, oh, you're meant to suffer. Jobs aren't supposed to be fun. You know, it's called work for a reason. And all these other, you know, really deep conditioning that we've experienced. And now it's like, oh, wow, you get permission to be who you are. Permission to be the person you've always wanted to be or having a mission that doesn't necessarily fit. Maybe you are meant to just play with your art and see where it goes. And that I think is one of the biggest, most beautiful parts of human design is that it does really make you feel seen in a lot of ways and gives you that beautiful permission. Hello, this is Pam December and this is the Mad for Purple podcast, your place for all things spirituality, self-actualization, healing, and human design. Keep listening to receive wisdom, tips, and tools as we journey into higher consciousness together. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode from Mad for Purple. Today, I'll be talking with Mariel Hans. Mariel is a 4-6 splenic generator with the right angle cross of penetration too. She has an open head and open identity. You'll also hear us referring to it as the G-Center, and this is one of the centers I talked about in episode 9, Evolution of the Heart Chakra. She is a human design reader, coach, and consultant who is a very tangible thinker who likes to dive into almost any topic from an open mind but a rebellious spirit. Before the pandemic, Mariel was all about making the right decisions to achieve that picture-perfect life. 2020 was the catalyst she needed to lead her to human design and a bad relationship and get out of corporate and into satisfaction. You might be thinking, Pam, why would you bring on another human design specialist? Doesn't she do what you do? And I would say, yes, she does. But she brings this human design intel forward through her own unique lens, which is going to be different from mine. And I'm so passionate about human design and you learning and living this intel that if I'm not the one that resonates for you in doing readings or working with it, maybe she is. And that is a win for all of us. Welcome, Mariel, to the show. So happy to have you here today. It's good to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, I know this is going to be fun. I don't know if you know or not, but I pull a card before each interview. I don't often reveal what that card is, but I feel it is, well, it's always going to be relevant to the conversation. But this one especially, it's called the Man of Worlds, and it's underscored by the Achiever. And I felt like that tied in so well with your chart. You have a lot of Capricorn energy. And then just what you shared with me about before discovering human design and how you were living your life at that time, it sounds very much like you were achieving all the goals. So would you like to share with us what life was like as a generator prior to starting your spiritual journey and discovering human design? Yeah, so you pretty much summed it up both in all my Capricorn placements, plus, um, you know, gate 54 being the drive ambition gate. It has been quite a road. I mean, I was in um, kind of consistent corporate life for like 13 years and really just trying to constantly get ahead and what's the next step and what's the next thing. And a little bit of a, you know, alluding to my fully open identity center, it was kind of moving from thing to 
practicing the thing and following kind of whoever mentor I kind of latched onto and their road, you know, and that was such an interesting thing because I was going industry to industry. I started in medical plastics and moved on to composite, uh, which is fiberglass and then into packaging. And then from there, I ended up in apparel and apparel is a notoriously toxic, dysfunctional burnout industry. The kind of thing I'd like to, you know, share when it comes to that is, you know, we are spending less on clothing than we were 20 years ago. And we're spending less, but the product is two, three, four times more, costs more to make. And so what happens there is there's very little money to be made and a lot of competition. And what happens is the companies that are the strongest need to squeeze out as much from their people as they can to make things work and become profitable. And so what happens is generally if you're a hard worker and can be relied upon, which I was for pretty much the entire time I was just stepping up consistently throughout that, is you become someone that gets a lot of pressure to perform all the time. And so I've been on somewhat of a six to seven year burnout cycle. I took a medical leave about six or seven years into my career post-college. And that was due to like heavy migraines um, and just really not feeling well at all. And then much more recently, after being in apparel for over five years, I was in the same boat. And it was, I would say the awakening happened about a year before that, where I made a really close friend in the last true company that I work for corporate wise. And I think it was a mutual love for crystals because we sell crystals on each other's desks. And that kind of sparked conversation. Um, and it turns out she's an astrologist and she was just super eager to get, you know, me into different podcasts on herbalism. And she really thought human design would be something that I loved. And it turned out it was. But shortly after I met her, she went on medical leave and it was kind of eye-opening because it happened right before COVID. And then everything kind of started collapsing from there. And it was like a really a fight to keep my head above water. I had huge gastrointestinal problems during that time. And really, it was just kind of a gradual depletion. And what happened was, especially as I started experimenting with my own design, is that I realized that I was in some level of prison. You know, it was a 30, 35, 40-year prison sentence before you hopefully have enough energy and vitality to enjoy a moderate retirement. And that was kind of something where like, I started to realize I can't keep going like this. And what human design did for me was really open up my eyes. to like, you can choose what you want and what feels good and what you love. And that was definitely part of this big question that started happening. And I think it escalated that medical leave the second time to really start to rethink and refocus. I mean, as it did with a lot of people during COVID. So that was really that start to the journey. And now after that medical leave, I've chosen differently as I've started to realize that I don't want the same kind of life that I was having before. So I leaned into human design. I became a human design reader. I leaned into coaching, became now I'm a certified coach and I'm building a coaching program that is, includes human design. So it's been really an amazing transformation. Of course, getting into starting your own business is pretty difficult. So it's been quite a road, but a good road and I'm excited to be on it. Yeah, I can relate to a lot of what you said about like the generator burnout is real and it does show up physically, right? And the whole journey of starting a business, like that's a whole growth and expansion all in its own, right? 
Yeah, for sure. It's definitely unveiled certain parts of myself, uh, especially growing up without money and working on your money mindset and getting away from scarcity and lack. And with becoming a reader and a coach, there took a lot of investments that can be burdensome when you're first starting out. So it's about trying to obviously figure out what is feasible, what is good, what leading into abundance and attracting from that place. Absolutely. How do you find it with having the completely open G center leading in your own way now versus like having that supervisor or manager or something like that, that would lend to that sense of direction and identity? It's definitely been a really interesting path. Um, I think I've looked for identity in all of my relationships and all of my work situations and now kind of starting out on my own and really leaning into my own uniqueness and also coming with a undefined throat with one gate, the gate of influence, really leading by my, you know, my own contribution and my own voice. And that is definitely become difficult, but it's really interesting having an open identity center, really understanding how I've made choices and the past. And now it's, you know, I think the always the old adage of human design, even though it's more of a new adage, because human design is fairly new, but leaning into like following your strategy and authority has definitely been pivotal. I'm no expert on it. I think I have the biggest blind spot to my own design, which probably comes with having an open identity center, but really leaning into that whole idea of like, what do you want out of life? Like, what is the spark that you have in life? What is it that you really want to contribute and really leaning in so much? more into that versus latching on to someone else's identity. And I think it's like a constant growth curve because it's like, well, then what is my identity? And I always, I think it's funny because I always get so many readings. I get human design readings from different experts. I get astrology readings. I get energy readings. I get Akashic Records readings. I get all these readings because it's like, I know that there's that internal sense of like, who am I? What am I here for? Give me guidance. I need more guidance. And I think at a certain point, you have to realize it's in flux. It's in flow. It's like what I'm here for today is not going to be what I'm here for tomorrow and really leaning into that uncertainty. Um, and there's so much levels of uncertainty in my chart, given the, you know, on an unidentified Ajna center of leaning into not having to be certain and knowing that has nothing to do with my intellect or my contribution. It's just that I'm here much more to observe the opinions and understandings of others rather than knowing it myself. And same with the open G is that you're leaning into what it means to have a mission what it means to have a direction, what it means to have this direct connection with who you are and your love of life, which is for me, it's just open. And so I can experiment with it and I can play with it. And it's um, it's that constant needing to remind myself to lean in and not to look for the definite. Because uh, so much of what we're taught, like that goes back to the conditioning, right? Is the certainty, the logic, the decisions from the mind, all of these things, right? And to be going against the grain and that being still abnormal, I guess, in our outer realities, that's really challenging. So yeah, I commend you for doing that. And I love how you're leaning into the playfulness of it and trying to come back to that. Yeah, it's funny because we talked about my Capricorn placements and a lot of this drive and seriousness. And I have to remind myself that life is meant to more so be playful and to experiment and to have this joy around it. Um, and it's definitely been something that's been really contentious internally because it's like, I have to make something of myself. I have to prove myself a la undefined heart ego center. And it's just like, what then do I do? How do I play with both? And that's been quite a big challenge. So it's like, I have to remind myself. It's like, not everything needs to be serious. You know, a lot of really fantastic opportunity and growth 
growth and connection comes from not being so serious and not thinking, you know, is this my next client? Is this my next reading? Is this this and that? And it's just like, how do I then let go of all of this desire to always be so serious and always be so determined and ambitious and driven, but also that life is meant to be playful. So it's definitely part of my current journey is to kind of let go a little bit and enjoy life a little bit more than I normally do because it's like, that's the goal is being and also being present. Yes. Yes. I love that. Presence just brings so much to the mundane, to the day-to-day, to everything, right? And just finding those little points of presence and joy and gratitude. Yeah, I really like that. And I think as generators, and you're a generator too as well, right? Yeah. So I think you have to be in presence to be really fully responding. Yes, because the sacral only responds in the moment, right? Uh, I know that's something that I've been playing with too is in planning because in business, you're supposed to have these big long-term goals and things, but the sacral can't respond to something that's going to happen in a month or two months or whatever. It's today, it's now. So allowing for the flexibility for things to change and for that to be okay and to hold it, hold both. And it's interesting to do that as a generator, I find. Yeah, I feel like it really is because, you know, depending on different aspects of your chart, I have gave 57, which is, you know, fear of the future. And it's like, there's that fear of the unknown that happens with that, the where you want to lean into the planning, you want to lean into like the stability and certainty of things when it's just like, we can't really do that. If you look at the past, it's like things unfolded the way they unfolded. And the more present you are, the actually the better the situations are, because you're really here for it in the moment, you're really here to see what's happening right now. And that is such a powerful, powerful thing to be able to respond to the now and the things that are coming up now and being able to pivot and be flexible. I think definitely a new paradigm, you know, is really about not being so rigid about that not being so committed to one path, unless that is your way for the defined G centers out there who might have this like real set path, real set mission. But for those who don't, it's like leaning into what that path can become. But no knocks on the two to three year plan goal setting. I just think it's a mindset about needing them to be more flexible and whatnot. And without even just getting into specific and non-specific manifestation there. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because there is value in that long-term planning. Absolutely. But for the sacral beings, you can't plan and have it actually turn out that way necessarily because what you respond to in those moments from day to day they might lead you in a completely different direction and that's the direction that you're meant to go in so enjoying that journey and not getting hung up on oh I thought I should be here or I should be doing this and all the shoulds yeah yeah the shoulds will drive you insane and yeah and I still have those shoulds it's like those shoulds just don't go away you just have to fight a little bit harder for what you really want and what really lights you up Exactly. That being present, checking in, am I responding or am I going from the mind? And that mind is tricky. Oh, it's tricky. Absolutely. Especially when it's open, because it's like, it's not even you, you know, it's not even your definition that's really driving that. It's others' definitions, other people's questions. It's all of that. And it's just like, how do you disconnect? For me, I just got back from a human design retreat in Costa Rica. And it was just like, as soon as I got home, I felt all that pressure, that head pressure and the root pressure, regardless of it being defined of just, you know, now what do I do? I have to get back into this. And it's like, I had to like coach myself out of burnout because I was like, my head 
head was a mess because everything was coming in that hadn't been coming in for some time. And, you know, how do I readjust to this without driving myself crazy? So that's been really interesting. I think like that, like the juxtaposition of this like free life without a lot of expectations and then moving into like expectations. And my boyfriend and I are like buying a house or a condo right now. So there's this like constant pressure of like, what do we do right now? How do we focus like right now? It's like, oh my God, what if we don't get the right? And it's like, it's so much. And it's like, again, I have to step back and be like, what's playful about this process? What's fun about this process? Like what, you know, if we don't absolutely love something and that came really big this last weekend as we were looking for homes was that, do we love this place? If it's not a love, then we don't need to put a bid on it. We don't need to put ourselves in the situation of like wanting something we don't really want because we should, air quotes, should take advantage of this particular opportunity. Yeah. And I can see that being the challenge of the undefined or open G center, especially since where you are is so important to how you feel. And my mom has an undefined G center and my parents recently bought a new place too. And she said like when she walked into it, it felt like home and Mm. looking for that in the people, places and things that you surround yourself with. Right. Yeah. And that's absolutely exactly the advice I need right now, even though unintended was that it needs to feel like home. And as much as I, we like some of those places, not love, but like some of those places, it's like, does this feel like home? Does this feel really good being in here? Does this space feel really good? And I think that is something that I know and my intention, I need to lean into because, you know, my boyfriend has a defined G-Center and it's different experience for him. Like he knows who he is internally. And it's like, I don't and I need to feel good. And where we are right now is like we share a one bedroom apartment. It's kind of small. And we really feel like we're living on top of each other and it just doesn't feel good. And I noticed that my personal vitality is dampened. And that's something that it's really hard for me to be in this kind of space, feeling dampened, starting growing and starting a business. But it's like one of those things that's like, well, I need to know what I'm really looking for. Like I need to know that my vitality will be there and that I'll be inspired and that I'll be comfortable and feel like I'm at home. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. I know I tell anybody that I know that has undefined or open G center when they are house shopping, if their partner or significant other is defined that the undefined open G has the veto or the like, that's the one that's important. The defined will adapt. Yeah. And I think that's something that's a good personal coaching moment for me, my boyfriend too. And he's super open to that. So it's like, okay, like you like it, but I don't like it. So we're not. It doesn't have to be logic to it, right? It's just that inner knowing. Yeah. Yeah. I love the circuitry in your chart, the the 34 to the 57, the 32 to the 54, the 53 to the 42. So it looks to me like this cycles of activity of life and then having like the perseverance and the drive to complete those cycles to begin them and to complete them is that the theme that you can see in your own life yeah it's definitely been interesting because it can be a little frustrating because you have to see the end of that cycle to really move on and with also gate 54 and this like whole little cycle we have cycle of activity and then the channel of maturation so it's definitely interesting when I look at my chart I always kind of laugh a little because there's a lot of it that leans into other types the speed of which you know with that circle of definition and also 
also being non-emotional and being splenic, it just, that is so quick. And so that sometimes gets me into like an MG complex because I'm like so fast in the way I process things despite clouding of conditioning. And then only one of those channels is projected, but I have so much openness. So I'm like, I really understand the, and also with my right angle cost of penetration, the understanding projectors quite a bit. And with all of that drive and that initiation coming from gate 53 of beginnings, it's that like having the spark of initiation all the time makes me feel like a manifester. And then with my fully open identity center, and also if you look on my design chart, I'm a reflector. I have this ability to really reflect other people with also with a lot of that openness. So it's like I get into these like, there's so many aspects of my chart that lean into different elements of human design. And it makes for some complications as opposed to a heavily defined MG or a projector with really open, you know, chart purely feeling into being a projector. I have all this seemingly con contradiction, I feel like at times, which is funny if I allude, you know, directly into my astrology, my triad is in three different elements. I have one mutable, one fixed, one cardinal, because I'm a Cancer Sun, Virgo Moon, and Aquarius Rising. So I have a lot of balance, but a lot of contradiction as well. So it's just really interesting. I feel like I was very much blessed with this chart and I'm really excited about what's there, but it doesn't mean that any road to, you know, alignment or even enlightenment, if we want to get that far, is really a um, complicated journey because it's like there's like facets of myself that are connected with different things and very open and not letting that be a dominant with the shoulds and the identification with other people and things like that. Yeah, I can see that. So how do you see that overlaying? Because you're a four six, so that sixth line just coming onto the roof. Is the theme of cycles overlay on that nicely? Or is there like things that had to be finished before you went on the roof or anything like that? It's interesting because I feel like my on the roof journey took a little longer. I'm not exactly sure on my exact Saturn's return was, but I was definitely still being very messy in life. I would say up until like 33. And I think that was about kind of finishing out cycles in the sense that like I predominantly was in long-term relationships. But I think that that has a lot to do with the open G is identifying with someone else's kind of path and then being a long road of struggle to realize it wasn't right for me. It wasn't the way I needed to live my life and doing that, you know, several times over and really struggling too with just kind of experimenting and experimenting in relationships, experimenting, being single, experimenting in all of these different ways. I feel like maybe because of that open G, I think my time 30 pre 30, you know, in that range took a little longer for me to really close out like this certain levels of experimentations, certain levels of like needing to have this experience to really realize what is and is not right for me. But being on the roof, I really have enjoyed my 30s more than my 20s, because it's been quite a bit less chaotic. And I think being a six line and having the gate of shock can be quite an experience because a lot of what you're experimenting with is shocking. Um, and a lot of, uh, especially with my strong placements in gate 36 of having these deep emotional experiences that you need to have to be able to kind of share and to relate to other people. It's been quite an interesting road with lots of shocking experiences, but it does make for a good story. So um, definitely leading into that. But I feel like definitely that before getting on the roof took a little longer, but definitely being on the roof, it's like I have little 
little to no desire to be in any kind of drama. People still pull you in, but you don't really have that. And leaning into really authenticity, you know, because I don't believe that you really ever stop being a three line in that experience because I still am in life quite a bit. I just take a step back often enough. And really the observing has been really wonderful of kind of understanding like, oh, I don't have to be involved. I can take time to myself and sometimes just observing other people in their world. I've always been a people watcher, but this, I think now it's just, it's really interesting to see how people live their lives and observing that and observing some of the turmoil that they get themselves in without wanting to be a part of it has been really, really fun. But definitely that cyclical path really pulled me being off the roof a little bit longer. I love that. Oh, and I totally relate. I'm an observer as well. And seeing that in my chart, it's like, oh, okay, this is, I'm actually supposed to do this. I don't have to get involved and I can not feel guilty about having these boundaries. Oh, the boundaries guilt is huge. I think especially also being a generator, which comes with it, people pleasing, people seeing your magnetism, your dynamism, and all of this kind of sheer, you know, strength and power and stuff and wanting to leech onto that. And it's like, wow, for generators and MGs, obviously, they have this same kind of aura type, even though I feel like MGs don't like they wrestle out of it a little bit, because they're just kind of restless and moving on to things. But that endurance energy, people really see it in generators. And it's just like, oh, but now now I need to have boundaries. Like I still say yes to things I shouldn't say yes to because you know, someone I care about or someone like I want to help is reaching out. And it's like, okay, well, I just overextended myself. And I think that's kind of going to be a lifelong journey, but those shoulds are rough. They are rough. And they sometimes at the least expected times. One of the things that you shared in our previous talks is about how human design has made you feel seen and I really love the language that you use around other people feeling seen but also like this inner truth can you talk about that a little bit in your philosophy with human design yeah the thing with human design and having done a lot of readings and working with people and coaching with human design is that there's so much affirmation there of who they feel that they always really were and giving them so much permission to be who they are and what feels good and the contribution they want to make whether it's through their own individual expression whether it's through their community and sometimes through their beautiful big collective voices and without that a lot of people would just stay small and we don't don't need smallness. You know, we have a lot of smallness. We have just a few people that are big, but it's not a voice that resonates with us as much anymore. It's like, we're not looking for this individualized, wealth-driven, ascend on the ladder kind of thinking that we were all indoctrinated with for so long. And it's like, now it's like, well, what do you want to bring into the world? Like, what feels good for you? Which is like, normally it's just like, oh, you're meant to suffer. Jobs aren't supposed to be fun. You know, it's called work for a reason and all these other you know, really deep conditioning that we've experienced. And now it's like, oh, wow, you get permission to be who you are, permission to be the person you've always wanted to be or being having a mission that doesn't necessarily fit. Maybe you are meant to just play with your art and see where it goes. And that I think is one of the biggest, most beautiful parts of human design is that it does really make you feel seen in a lot of ways and gives you that beautiful permission. I completely concur. And that's exactly how 
felt I felt too when I first dove into human design and seeing this has been my life experience and I have felt shame and that around it but it's right here in my chart like that's who I'm supposed to be this is how I'm meant to express this energy and how freeing and validating that is to see it and it's funny I guess because it's outside of ourselves to get that validation in that way I just feel so supportive yeah, it's just a really, a, it was a really beautiful experience and kind of allowing yourself to be supported is something that I really struggle with. And I think that's some four or six vibes there. I think it's in my channels as well of just, you know, really wanting to do it on my own. And it doesn't have to be that way. And you don't have that same level of effectiveness when it's not like you really need to like bond with the collective, with your community, with the people around you. And if you hold yourself back and try to be too independent like that only distills your value it only keeps your growth small and I think that's been quite a revelation as well as like oh I can be supported and it feels good and be supported by the right people you know strategy authority all that and so it's something that I'm still difficult leaning into because I can be so fiercely independent you know a la single definition and all that but at the same time it's like when you are immersed in that support where people are living their own truth and they allow you to live your truth it can be such a powerful dynamic so healing right so before we close off here is there anything like advice or tidbit or anything like that that you'd like to impart on our audience when it comes to their own spiritual journey or even if they're just dabbling in human design yeah, I definitely think overall where I would start is it is perfectly acceptable. It's perfectly magical for you to choose your own spiritual path. I think the conditioning that we have in our society is really so strong about there being one answer out there and that everybody has to get on the same page, which if you compare that to the paradigm we're shifting out of, it's like there is one path to success and there is no one path to success. There's no one path to spiritual and being able to really lean into this beautiful concept of inner authority, where it's like we've led ourselves a bit astray by thinking that there's just that one answer and you have to jump on board to it and that you can't make your decisions based on your own authority about your own what is right for you within yourself. So my advice of the, the global spirituality kind of choices is that like lean into what feels really good for you, what lights you up, what you want, what makes you feel at home in a lot of ways. And that can be unique. It could be a combination of many ancient modalities, even, you know, Christianity, Judaism, wherever, you know, Islam, whatever you feel good about, you know, lean into that and be ready and willing to throw the rest away. And that's the biggest piece for me personally, is that like, I don't feel good in restriction. I don't feel good when it's just like, this is it, you have to commit to 100% and believe in 100%. Because for me, it's like, that's never been true. And the more I'm around that kind of situation, the more uncomfortable I am, and the more ill even I become. And this spiritual journey that I've been on has really been about accepting that I can kind of carve my own way and carve my own path and carve my own understanding of spirituality and lean into that. And then with human design specifically as like, you know, biggest advice out there, get a reading, 
see is his right for you. The best readers will tell you to take what resonates and then leave the rest behind. Because it's like, if it doesn't feel good, this one thing that someone is saying, then it's not good for you. It's limiting. It should never be limiting. And so with human design, it's like, you have this blueprint. You do need to question though, when you're confronted by those things that are like, no, that's not me. Is that conditioning? Is that because you're trying to attribute yourself to this other standard that's not right for you? Or are you in fear? Are you in lack? Is that why you're not wanting to live up to something? But if it's outside of that, it's not you, throw it away. Because honestly, it's not going to do you any good trying to be someone that you're not. But also too, it's like sometimes you just need a different way of understanding the material. Because when you learn about it in a vacuum, you learn about what a generator is, and you learn about what a fourth line is, and you learn about, you know, this, that, and the other. And it's like, how do those connect? Because sometimes it's like, you know, I don't understand how I'm supposed to wait for an invitation, but I'm also supposed to experiment with life as a third line. And so it takes sometimes getting in conversation with someone who really is the time to integrate it and understand, yeah, it's going to be a push and pull, but it's not necessarily about you waiting for the invitation to jump into life on your own, you know, and do the things that you really enjoy, because that's exactly what you're supposed to do as a projector. So that's like my biggest thing about spirituality is like, find your own path, find what feels good. If you have an open identity center like me, allow it to change and fluctuate and allow life to happen and embrace it in the moment and go from there and have this beautiful journey that is just yours. And then throw in human design because it's such a really cool system. There's a reason why I've dedicated so much time to it and got so many different trainings and so many different, you know, applications that I can use it in. And it's, you know, it can be a huge life changer, game changer, really being able to make choices just for yourself because they feel good. It's really all there is to it. At the end of the day, if you want to simplify it and dial it down, human design is about following your own path of what feels really good and what feels that gives you energy, what lights you up, what makes you feel seen, what makes you feel, you know, validated and affirmed and all that. Thank you so much for that. So if listeners would like to find you, where are you out in the interwebs? Right now, the easiest and best way to find me is just on Instagram at v.hdcoach because I am the human design coach. So that's the main place to find me. Yeah, it's pretty simple. It's just one avenue to find me. And that's the DMOA. Um, and I understand that you have a website in the works. So once that's available, we'll be sure to update the description so that that's there. And then you have a beautiful offering for the audience, a 25% off readings coupon. So I'll be sure to include the link and the code in the description as well. Did you want to say anything about how those types of readings, how you do them? Yeah, I usually do those readings over Zoom. I, of course, prepare somewhat in the beginning, just understanding gates and channels and things like that. And when I actually get into the reading, it's really about what you're expressing and where you're resonating and what feels intuitively correct to share. So usually there's quite a bit of coaching that ends up happening in there because I'm really, you know, there to plant seeds and to light a spark and to get others just moving on their dreams. So there's always that coaching component in there. And also I do run a eight week VIP coaching program using human design. So like we just talked about, IG is the best way to find me on that as well. But yes, absolutely 25% off on readings. It's a great way to jump in and see if this is something that you want to take up on your own experiment and really dive into the two most important aspects being strategy and authority and seeing how your life can change from there.
Beautiful. Thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for being here. I just, I love being able to nerd out on human design. And I think that we've successfully done that. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Always love to nerd out. It's one of my favorite things. Awesome. Well, thank you. And we'll chat soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much again. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. If you'd like to connect with Mariel or take advantage of her human design readings offer, all of her information will be in the episode description below, or you can head over to my website, madforpurple.com to access the show notes. Some key takeaways. One, all aura types, including generators, can experience burnout. Two, the challenge and the gift of the open or undefined identity center is showing up each day as who you are that day without judgment or expectation. Three, life is meant to be more. So be playful, experiment, and have joy around it. Four, the sacral response is in the moment, not something three or six months from now. So allow for flexibility in long-term planning. And last, number five, human design can affirm who you are and give you permission to be that person. You being your fully expressed self is your unique contribution to the world. If you'd like to support me and the show, please share this episode or head over to Apple and leave a review. One listener writes, Consciousness Expansion. What an amazing podcast. Pam is a beautiful soul, an insightful interviewer, and a wealth of knowledge when it comes to human design. The topics she explores on the show are amazing and interesting for people who are just starting on their spiritual path, as well as more experienced truth and wisdom seekers. Tune in for weekly consciousness expanding conversations. Thank you so, so much, Christina Vine. I so appreciate you taking the time to leave a review. If you'd like to learn more about human design as a tool for self-actualization, sign up for my free presentation, Human Design for Self-Actualization, at the link in the description below. Before you leave, don't forget to click that follow button on your podcast listening app so that you don't miss an episode. New episodes come out each Thursday, so be sure to tune in. If you'd like to connect and continue this conversation, you can find me over on Instagram at Mad for Purple or join me in my Facebook group, the Mad for Purple podcast. Thank you so much again for listening and I will see you in the next episode.